The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. My guest today is Adam Feinstein, who's the Executive Director of Capital Markets with Cushman and Wakefield. Adam, thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Adam, uh, you know, you're doing capital markets work, and you've done stuff all across the country. The real estate market's in a pretty interesting segment, and we've got the uh, big Florida ICSC coming up. So my, my big question for you is, what are, what are your big picture thoughts of what's going on in the real estate market today? Sure. Sure. Um, so last week, uh, I believe you had on somebody from the Assembler Company that spoke uh, to the fundamentals of of the retail uh, shopping centers, all of which is really positive. So I'm not going to kind of cover that ground. I think she did a great job. She did. Um, Assembler, a, super job. Yep. Yep. Correct. It's a. It's a. You know, obviously, shopping centers are really healthy these days. Um, I'm going to really sort of confine my comments to kind of the the investment market in shopping centers, right? Um, and kind of what we're seeing today is uh, a market that is, you know, candidly is, is facing some headwinds. Uh, we've had stronger markets in terms of activity, and, and we've had much weaker markets. Uh, so this is somewhere in between. Uh, activity is down right now, and that's um, a lot of that really has to do with kind of where the debt markets are today. Um, this is not, I'm sure, news to anybody that's listening. Um, interest rates are obviously up uh, much higher than where they've been. Um, that that hurts pricing. So the cost of debt is is high. At the same time, there's there's really a liquidity crunch within the debt market. So investors are finding it very challenging to just simply find debt. So if they are lucky to find debt, the the terms tend to be unattractive and and that's just not a healthy thing for for um the you know the investment market, right? Uh debt is a it's sort of a lubricant or a, you know a fuels uh activity. Um that said, you know, things are getting done. So, like I said, is we've had tough, we've had much tougher markets. Today, things are getting done. Um, you, there may be less sales, but again, things are getting done. Um, it, it, as it relates to, there's a lot of deals that are getting done on an all-cash basis, a certain number where there's no financing, and where there are deals that require financing. Um, if you have a good sponsor, they they pretty much are usually able to find a a few good uh, loan loans that they can secure for the deal upon terms that work for them, and, and you tend to get the deals done. So um, we, you know, our team here, I'm a t- I lead a team of, uh, along with my partner, Mark Gilbert and Mitch Halpern, of about seven people. Um, we have had, and our business is primarily focused on Florida, although we do retail sales across, you know, the Southeast and, and beyond. Uh, we've we through this year we have continued to see uh, closings. We have a number of deals in the market, um, so 
I can't complain in terms of, of, of us, the deal flow and, and, and having some success right now. So it sounds like... Is that a, is that yeah, a good overview? No, I think so. I, I think that when I think about it, and this is what your response is, like, it seems like if it's kind of an easy deal, right? Like if it was, you know, a single tenant Chick-fil-A or it's a Publix and 20,000 square feet of shops, there's probably still like a good pool of buyers. And then on the other extreme, if it's priced right in a value add situation, I'll give you an example. I just put on a contract, um, a little shopping center um, that we're going to purchase and, and we have on our contract at 58 bucks a square foot. And it's like, and you know, like around an eight and a half cap. Right. And so, but it's a value add deal. It's like, and, and so it's, it's a little complicated. So it seems like those two stacks of deals, um, can get traction, but it's in the middle. There seems to be some pain points and it really like in the middle, like, where do you price? Right. And is, is that, an, yeah. is that, a, is that an accurate description? Well, well, I I'm definitely agree with what you're saying in terms of va- value add deals. De- deals where the going in cap rate is, let's say, higher, and there's a nice spread to where interest rates are today. Those are easier to get done. You get more interest, right? Deals with growth uh, are easier to get done because investors can sort of stomach the interest rate because they they can see. Uh, in their model, two, three years out, if they, you know, if they really believe in the growth story of a deal, they can see how that spread. It may not be there initially, but it'll be there in a couple years, and they can, and, and it makes sense to them. The deals that are actually some of the deals that are really harder are deals, maybe a commodity type deal that is very flat, and you just don't. There's just not a lot of growth. Uh, in a, in certain deals, right? right. Maybe the uh, the grocer is uh, doesn't have any uh, rent bumps for the entire term, and maybe they represent sixty percent of the revenue in a deal. So there's just not a whole lot you can do if it's fully leased and everything is at market. Uh, and and if the interest rate is at a six or above, and you're buying your and maybe the pricing is in the low sixes, there's just not a lot of a growth in those deals. So. Some of those deals are, are actually harder to do today, uh, whereas in the past they've been easier. That makes sense. Where there's been some spread in, in, the, in the rate compared to the cap rate. Oh. Bigger deals <laughs> tend to be more a little more challenging as well because a lot of the institutional investors out there that buy deals 40, 50, and above, a lot of them are either on the sidelines today for various reasons or are being very, very selective. They are buying. But, you know, they may be buying one deal at a time. So bigger today isn't necessarily uh, the better profile uh, for deals in terms of what a broker is trying to move. Smaller tends to be better. Interesting. Interesting. But go ahead. Real quick, we just got a minute before we take a break. But um, the buyer, most active buyers out there, I'm guessing there's private uh, capital, there's institutional, there's REITs, there's foreign investors. Which group is the most active in buying today? I would say on uh, again, it's private. Uh, private private yeah. investors tend to not operate as like a like a monolithic group. Mm-hmm. In, in, institutional investors they, they operate as a herd, and if a lot of them are on the sidelines, then sort of all of them are kind of on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And I'm generalizing, but 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 uh, more private investors are out there today 
trying to scoop up deals uh, where they see opportunities. Well, it's it's deeper, deeper bidding. Yeah. No, I feel that. I mean, look, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm a private buyer and then I use some institutional capital and I feel like in some deals um, I've had less competition, which is, is good, right? I mean, advantage to me, but I'm also, I found that kind of interesting. I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Um, so yeah. interesting to watch. Cause I know like, man, 15 years ago, I, I didn't feel like there was many active private groups out there. And so that seems like a fundamental shift. And I guess the herd will move back at some point too. So we'll, so we'll see. I agree. Any other final big picture thoughts you're saying, I guess your big picture is, is that there are deals happening. Yep. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Deals are happening. Uh, There are headwinds, but deals are happening. Hey, retail today, you know, we've come, we've come a long way. And there was, I'm sure, you know, you, you know, you can speak to this very well. Uh, There were lots of concerns about e-commerce. A lot of that talk has sort of died down. Compared to what's going on in the office sector today, uh, I'll, I'm very grateful that I focus on retail. Yeah, uh, office is a really tough space uh, to be in. Uh, yeah, there's there's you know in Florida here we have insurance is uh, bumped up as an issue uh, with insurance rates going up so much. But uh, I don't know that I would classify it as a headwind. But uh, I, I'm grateful for what where, where we focus and and in this state and the fundamentals, et cetera. I, I'm 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 optimistic. I, I agree with that. Going you know. Forward. It's funny, Adam. I, I was talking to a mutual friend of yours, mine, the other day, and they they told me they did retail and creative office. I thought, well, that's a new term, and they, like they were trying to segue <laughs> against their the traditional. Well, Adam, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back, and then I want to ask you some thoughts about leadership. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we are back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Uh, with my good friend, Adam Feinstein. And Adam, you know, one of the things I find fascinating about your job is, you know, your your team is relatively small. You mentioned a team of seven. And yet the work you do day to day, you you interact with a lot of CEOs, like big time CEOs throughout the industry. I mean, when you're working on transactions of, you know, 50 million or $100 million, you know, that's not somebody uh, that the, the CEO just doesn't pay attention. They're paying attention to it. And you've been doing this for a while. So my, my question to you is, as you think about traits of the most successful CEOs you've seen in your business, what are those traits? What do you look at and you go, gosh, that, that leader is doing it right. 
What is it about them that you think is making them so successful? That's an interesting question. Um, what I would say in response is um, leaders that focus on culture, uh, the culture of the team, the culture of the organization, the culture of the company, I think are the most successful uh, leaders. You know, if they, they, if they really be, believe in culture and then they really look to promote it uh, with the right, you know, values, that's what I think the culture is. It's, a, it's just like a series of values that the, the company or the organization or the team kind of like really adheres to. Um, then you can see like great success. And we've seen it at, at, at the, my team level. And I've seen it, you know, more uh, across capital markets within Cushman Wakefield. Um, and I, I think it's a really important thing. I mean, if you think about, I'm a sports fan. You, I, I know you are too. You know, you look at certain organizations like the uh, Patriots or, or the San Antonio Spurs or the Heat. They're, they're famous for their culture, right? And they've been so successful for a long time. Um, and they're obviously doing certain things that separate them, right? And I think, uh, like, within a professional services organization like Cushman Wakefield, what I've seen is um, a culture that a, a CEO or a leader that really promotes a culture that, like, speaks to collaboration, uh, you know, uh, open communication, which seems pretty obvious, uh, valuing everyone's opinion right? Seems pretty basic. But when you do that, you tend to create uh, uh, an organization that, that really, where everybody's sort of rowing in the same direction. People want to work there. Uh, part of it is like finding the right, the right people. Uh, you got to, you got to um, hire the right kind of people that believe in teamwork. Uh, you know, the brokerage business has people that, can be really successful, but not really team players, right? right. You know that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are also people that are successful brokers that are really believe in teamwork, right, and developing other people. And um, I, I think that if the if the leadership uh, really puts a premium on these things uh, every day, they're not just a, like a thing they they tack to the wall, but they uh, they hire that way. They 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 discipline people that don't fall in line. Uh, you know, you can create an organization that that is really, really successful. I, so I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it at times. There's been times when I think the company does a better job than at others. But uh, I think it's really an important important emphasis of what a leader does. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, oh, but that's kind of my no. my take on it. it. It's spot on. You know what it reminds me of is I'm going to tell you a little story about David Moret. You know, you know, David. Um, sure. This is one of my favorite stories ever, but this is like, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was an investment sales broker and I had a, a listing. Uh, my, my client was an institutional company, but then they had a general partner who was like a kind of local guy. And uh, I put it on the market and I picked the buyer and the buyer was David Morant. And as we got the deal going early in due diligence, a tenant blew out. And so Dave called me and he's like, hey, you know, that tenant blew out, that impacts the NOI. There needs to be like a price adjustment. And I said, you're right. I mean, you know, it's missing. And so I went to the GPI and I said, hey, this go on. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll address that. We'll fix that. And we'll make some adjustments. I said, great. So due diligence was about to expire. You know, they're about, Dave's about to go non-refundable. 
And um, he called me. He's like, hey, we never got that issue done with that tenant leaving. So I called the GP guy and I said, hey, we got to get that addressed. And he says to me, um, no, no, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not doing anything. And the guy straight up lied to me. And so I had to go back to Dave and be like, I am really embarrassed here. He's not adjusting. And so Dave went ahead and went non-refundable and closed. And when I called the GP guy and I told him, he said he's closed anyway, he was surprised. And what hit me, Adam, right in that moment was this guy doesn't want to sell. He's getting fees and he, he kind of sandbagged it so that it would screw the deal up so he wouldn't have to sell. And uh-huh. I, I, when the deal actually closed, I sent that guy a copy of John McCain's book called Courage because I was trying to tell him, like, <laughs> you're, you're a weak guy. Get some courage. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing is, like, I can't even remember that guy's name. Like, I've never talked to that guy again. I was, like, done with him. And when I see Dave Murray, I hug him because I still, I still, I still, like, 20 years later, I still apologize to him. It's not, you know, it wasn't my fault, but I still, like, he's such, you know, he's a mensch, right? He's a good, good guy. And, but that's what you're talking about is that this business has people who are collaborative and they communicate and they have values. And for those people, you and I are attracted to those people. We do more business with them. And the other ones, it's not, we're angry about them. We just kind of delete them. Is is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, it's a hard thing. Sometimes we don't, we don't always have a choice in terms of who our clients are, right? We gotta, we gotta make a living and all that. Uh, And, you know, we hope, and, and and listen, we serve our clients, and our clients they got to make they're going to make everybody has their own style of doing business, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't always agree with it, uh, and I gotta sometimes I gotta bite my bite my lip, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I do I I really when when I see people do it, what I think is the right way, the way they would want to be treated if they were on the other side, right? Um, I, I it makes business so much more enjoyable. <laughs> that's well, for sure. Yeah, and I think that, look, you know, a lot of college students and young professionals listen to this uh, podcast, and I'm so grateful, and I always try to speak to that. And I think one of the things I always want them to hear is, I think they'd be shocked at how many times I call you, you call me, or we call other people in our groups, and we just say things like, I don't know what to do here, what do you think, you know? And when you have people that you can trust, and you can ask questions like, hey, I'm trying to value this, did I do this right? Oh my gosh, it changes everything. That level of trust, it makes the business better, it makes the deals better, and it creates the bonds, you know, are stronger, and then we find ways to help each other. And so that's a big deal. Um, Agreed. Do you have any other final thoughts, like just advice you'd have for, you know, young, like if somebody's hearing this and they're a young broker, they're 25, and they want to become a superstar like you, what, what, did, what you know, their final advice of like, hey man, focus on blank to make sure you have a long career in brokerage and in commercial real estate. Oh boy, that's that's a good question. But uh, um, I would just say, um, you know, you know, always, always put your client first. Always, uh, always, you never think transactionally. Think long term, and and really just trying to do the right thing. And I think it'll serve you well. I do. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one thing about you, Adam, is like I was thinking in my mind, like how much time you know I've spent together over the years, and I don't know that it's ever been in Orlando. Like every memory I have, I'm like, we were in San Francisco or Dallas or, you know, New York. And so our business in some ways is small, but we're kind of always kind of moving around these different markets. Um, uh, And then any other um, final thoughts from you on things that you think people need to know about yourself or what's going on in the market? No. Uh, hey, you know, we'll be up in Orlando in a couple of weeks. If uh, if there's a listener that thinks it might make sense to 
to meet with uh, our team while, while there, uh, please reach out. Um, but uh, no, and look forward to bumping into you up there as well. I look forward to as well, Adam. And and uh, and so we'll have a, when we post this, we'll have a, you know we'll tag on the information. But I'm sure, obviously, if they wanted somebody wanted to see, you, they could stop by the Cushman and Wakefield booth, and if they missed you, they could leave a card and and connect you that way. Is that correct? Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, yep. Adam, thanks so much for making the time for us. Um, we're uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our final segment. That, Adam Feinstein. Executive Director of Capital Marks Cushman Wakefield. Thanks for being a leader in our industry. My pleasure. Thank you. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Uh, Mike Gillen, my producer, my boss. Um, man, <laughs> I how... always laugh when you say that. <laughs> you know, let me let me talk a little about Adam. All right, let's talk a little mm-hmm. about Adam. Um, first off, Adam is a graduate of the University of Michigan, and you know, if if you do any research about that business school. It's one of the best in America. Hmm. Like, you know, some people might not click that immediately, but you start studying like CEOs in Manhattan and, and leading major corporations. There's a lot of University of Michigan uh, grads. It's, it's it's like Ivy League. And so, Big 10. Yeah, no, yeah. I, like it's yeah. the real deal. And so, you know, Adam is a very, very bright guy, right? And he's also an intense guy. You know, it has to be like that level of work. You're talking about a 100% commission job doing... Yeah, I, I don't know what his average deal size is, but you know, it could easily be fifty million dollars, right? I mean, he's you know, he's doing maybe it's a smaller deal, it's a fifteen million dollar deal, but he's absolutely does nine yeah. figure nine figure deals. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so when you you know, those are not easy. You know, you have to the analysis, right? Like understanding it. Like somebody might say, Oh, it'd be great if that deal traded at thirty seven million. Well, does it need to trade at thirty seven or forty one? Or thirty-five, and that difference could make a huge difference. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and you've got to know every single thing about every single tenant, every single thing about them, the sub market that it's in. Where is it? Which way is it trending? And then you got to know everything about who the seller is, like what is their motivation for selling, right? Because you know, it could be obviously say it's price, but it could be like speed to close, you know, that kind of thing. And then the other hand, then you got to pick buyers, right? And again, everybody kind of, I would think is like, oh, you pick the buyer that's paying the highest price. Not necessarily. You got to pick the buyer that the expression um, at people, Adam, people, Adam uses like the certainty of close, right? 
if you pick a buyer and and over one over another, and then that buyer like tries to retrade the deal, or it turns out they didn't have their financing in place, turns out they can't close, and you waste a month, two mm-hmm, months, mm-hmm. and you pick somebody else. Mike, think about this. You just delayed your paycheck by 60 days, 90 yeah, days. Right. This is a real deal, man. That's, that's big stuff. It's big stuff, right? The, the stuff that he mentioned, which uh, I don't know, I'm not a real estate guy like you, but the culture, the em- emphasis that leaders who are kind of uh, aware of the culture uh, of their clients, you know, that, that was interesting to me. Well, here's the thing is that, you know, sometimes you have people in real estate, they, if you're uh, leasing office buildings, right? Like, and that's an important role. In that role, you're reporting to um, an asset manager or you're reporting to somebody in a, in, a, in a corporation. Very important role. When you're doing sales like Adam, you're talking to the C-suite. Like, they know who you are and what your name is. Like, you're on the radar. These are big, you mm-hmm, know, right. moving moments. And so I wanted to ask him that question because I was thinking, man, you know, he must have some insight. I, he must, you know, obviously I'm not going to put him on the spot to get super detailed, but he must have situations where he's like, man, that group is doing it the right way. Whereas there's other times he's thinking that is not the right way to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course he sits in a position of, of non-judgment. You know, he needs to give his best advice. And at the same time, if, if somebody wants to go this way or that way, you know, he needs to take care of his client and, and he does. But I just thought that his his immediate response um, and, and saying words like collaboration, right? Uh, because you might think, oh, that's super obvious. Dude, it is not. Hmm. It, it is not. I uh, I worked at a, a, a company like, like Cushman Wakefield a long time ago, and I had um, a center listed, and I had a property manager from another office call and say, if I didn't give that guy a portion of my fee, he was going to walk from the job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's things like that happen. And people think, oh, you're, are you kidding me? Then we, then we would blackmail another person in the same company. Crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And so I loved he talked about collaboration. So Adam Feinstein, man, um, he's been doing it for 30 years. He's killing it. He, he is the real deal. Real that deal. sounds great. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Until next time here at the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition. Thank you so much. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.